Hello and welcome to the Monroe Method Clancast. I am Jason Monroe and this is a nice lovely round number of episode 50. What a cool thing. Like, uh, that's a milestone, right? Not only is it a milestone in podcast episodes, it's also a milestone in my year of being alcohol free. So on Tuesday, Tuesday this week on the 12th, I celebrated 365 days of being alcohol free. Do you know, it's quite a funny thing, um, the way I describe that now, right? So in the beginning, you think that you are quitting. or So like, most people lack awareness of their relationship with alcohol. All they know is that they drink at the weekends or they drink when they go out and they feel like shit the next day and that's just how it is, right? No... Very few people actually, because they don't want to know the answer, but very few people actually take the time to explore their relationship with alcohol, to ask the difficult questions, is this actually serving me? Is this, um, do I genuinely enjoy this from start to finish? Remember, the finish is not when you crawl into bed at 3am, the finish is when you stop feeling like shit by Tuesday or Wednesday. Um... People don't want to explore that. I've had some amazing conversations this week. So, I mean, it's all, it's only Wednesday when I'm recording this. So between uh, Monday as I was kind of approaching it, talking to some closer friends who knew it was coming up. Tuesday, I put a post out on Instagram, did a post inside Clan Monroe to tell members like, pretty much what I'm going to tell you now, just in a little more depth and detail. And I've had some lovely conversations and back and forth. And it's nice to see... Um, it, it acting as it was intended. I'm not some. I'm not a vegan. I'm not trying to tell the world that they should go vegan because meat is murder or things like that. Right? I'm not doing that. When it comes to alcohol, it's it's a completely personal decision to give up or not. You should absolutely not do it because someone else has. Um, you need to have your own reasons for doing it. And I said during the week that. I think one of the reasons that this has been so effortless for me is because I did it for the right reasons. But we'll get into that in a bit. So of the last 50 episodes then, I think I've touched on alcohol twice. One of them was just an informative podcast episode where I just spoke about alcohol, the calories involved, how does it affect weight loss, things like that. Another one, or the only other time I've spoken about my sobriety was just in a kind of standalone podcast episode back at the start of the year probably when I did the the event I was asked to speak at the sobriety event I can't remember what it was I should have checked before I started but anyway I've had some really cool conversations and something that's quite common is that people worry about what life will be like after alcohol like someone in the group actually said that they worry what their relationship with their husband would be like. They worry what their relationship with their friends would be like. And the advice I gave there was, well, come at that from the opposite angle. You know, why why would your relationship with your husband be dependent on whether alcohol is a feature of your life or not, similar with your friends? Your friends are not just friends with you because you drink alcohol. Your husband didn't marry you because you drink alcohol. But I get it. It's just an anxiety. It's just a worry. It's the fear of the unknown. I, I I said in my post that I put on Instagram, whatever page page six of it I think, because someone pointed it out where I said that 
society tells us that as soon as, you know, you should count down the minutes until you turn 18. So you can go out pubbing and clubbing with all your friends. You know, that's that's what it tells us. And this brings me back to what I've skipped over at the beginning, where I said that the way that I describe this has now changed. And it ties in with that because, so in the beginning, you think you're giving something up, right? You think that you're giving something up, you're quitting it, you're removing it, whatever. It's a very negative and restrictive way to look at it. I am going to give this thing up. And I don't look at it, I don't look at it like that anymore. And it's a common question I get asked, why did you quit? Why did you give up? And in the beginning, I perhaps looked at it like that. Although that was the incorrect way to do it because you know, my reasons for stopping drinking were to do with something else. Like the intention at the time was not to stop drinking. I had been thinking about it for a long time. I had been sober curious for a long time. I knew full fucking well, like most people do, that alcohol was not having an overall, you know, when you think of it as a whole, yes, the three to five hours on a Saturday night were awesome. Do make absolutely no mistake that I loved getting drunk. I loved the buzz from it. That part was great. However, it doesn't stop there, does it? It's everything else that's involved. How you feel the next day, the anxiety, the crippling anxiety, the stupidity of drinking alcohol, being a person who suffered from anxiety. When I look back now and think about that a year later, a year later where I have had practically zero anxiety. I had anxiety recently, but it was completely warranted because... What the... What was it again? Oh, what was it? It wasn't like just the anxiety for no reason whatsoever, daily basis stuff. It was genuine. We were waiting to hear about... Oh, fuck. I can't remember. It couldn't have been that serious, right? But that's the only... The only time I've experienced anxiety in the last year. And it was like a, per- a perfectly normal response, not the ridiculous, excessive, oh my God, my world's going to collapse in the next 10 minutes. Do you know, there was once a time when I I used to think that, if, it's not superstitious, it was related to anxiety. But when I was younger, like it, I had this thing in my head where If I didn't worry about something hard enough, it would come true. Has anybody else had that before? So it's like, oh, this thing's going on. And you don't want to put it to the back of your mind because you think if you put it to the back of your mind, it'll happen. So you worry about it constantly because you think that the more you worry about it, the less chance it has of happening. That's how my mind used to work. That's how fucked up it was. Imagine having a brain that works like that and then throwing alcohol into the mix. Had I, if I knew what I know now after 366 days of sobriety, I would have done this 10 years ago. I would have saved myself 10 years of stress, anxiety, panic, worry, panic attacks, um, bomb scaring certain events (laughs) and all the other stuff. Uh, but I didn't. Here's where I am now. I'm 365 days on and my reasons for, for I said that I, I don't look at it as quitting or giving up anything like that anymore. The way I look at it now is 
in going back to the beginning. Like when I made the decision to do this, I'd been sober curious for a while, thought about it for a while, didn't know it was going to happen, didn't know I was going to do it. But on Sunday, the 11th of September, I watched the Italian Grand Prix Monza last year and I had whatever it was, four brew dogs, I think it was, a four pack of punk IPA because that was my favourite beer. Um, nothing particularly unpleasant happened. It was only four beers, but Brewdog's pretty strong. Woke up on Monday with the usual fuzziness, but nothing you couldn't get through with a couple of coffees and a drink of water. Uh, but due to the war between Russia and Ukraine, the Russian Grand Prix had been cancelled the following weekend, or the weekend after, whatever it was. It was probably the, the middle one. So it, it presented a three-week break in the F1 calendar. I wish I could remember what happened on the day, but something happened on the day, and I made the decision that I was going to stop drinking alcohol. Didn't tell anyone, didn't tell my wife I was going to keep it a secret. I was going to see how long I could, you know, if I could do it for any length of time before actually actually revealing it. I'm sure if I went through my WhatsApp conversations, because there was a point, maybe a few weeks after, maybe a month and a bit after, where I said, oh, I've got something to tell you tonight. Um, and it was a big deal. By that point, I had bought my now friend Kirsty's workbook, uh, where I spent a month exploring my relationship with alcohol. So I'd already made the decision to stop. That was it. Um, not to stop, to stop choosing to drink alcohol. I'll come back to that. I'd already made the decision. It was already happening, but I did Kirsty's 30 day. She does like, it's called a 30 day affit challenge. Um, she's Scottish in case that's not completely obvious from the name of the workbook. But it's where you walk through this 30 days of not drinking alcohol that's how she markets it. But I just wanted to use it from a, a journal perspective. It's 30 days of questions and prompts to help you explore your current relationship with alcohol. I should have dug it out and give you an example of some questions. But basically, it's like, you know, well, what's the... What what's the purpose of it? Why do you drink? What is it for? What does it help you achieve? What does it move you closer to? When you drink, what sort of person do you turn into? What sort of person would you like to be? Um, what was the really good question in it? What what does what does the oh, I can't remember. It's something along the lines of what does your best self do? And it's like you know, imagine your ideal day like what would be the, the perfect life for you who do you spend your time with what do you spend your money on what do you do for fun what do you do in your spare time what sort of relationship do you have with your partner with your kids and all these things and that's basically like prior to that when I kind of made my decision to stop choosing to drink mine I had been on a bit of a journey of self-discovery started cold water dipping started walking much more than I had been in a long time climbing hills um what else had I done? Meditating. All these different things. Um, I had started making like various improvements, trying to improve my physical and mental health. And one day I sat down and I was like, right, what do I want to get out of life? I'm 37 years old at the time, just turned 37. What do I actually want to get out of life? I'm a dad. I'm a husband. 
I'm a nutritionist, I'm a coach, I help all these people, but like, what do I actually want? These are things that I do. What am I? Who am I? Who do I want to be? What sort of life do I want to have? And so I sat and wrote down what I wanted my life to look like. And then it was a case of, well, what do I need to do to help create the life that I want? Analyzing the things that I do, the habits I have, the behaviors I have, the times that I go to my bed, the time I get up in the morning, the the food that I eat, the exercise that I do, all this stuff. And I got to alcohol. And then it was just a case of asking the question, is alcohol going to help me create the life I want to have or is it going to hold me back from having the life I want? Write that down. That was very off the cuff and profound. Is it going to help me create the life I want or hold me back from... Ah, I don't even know what I said now. Rewind it. That was a good one. Jot that down in your notes somewhere or share it on Instagram on stories and tag me. Um, And yeah, well, the, the obvious answer was no, alcohol is not going to help me get to where I want to be because it has a negative impact. And that's when I made the decision. I am going to stop drinking. So like I said, at the time, that's how you look at it. You look at it as choosing to, you look at it as stopping doing something. And isn't it weird how we view alcohol not as something we can we can simply choose not to drink? It has to be something that we do from the opposite angle. It's like someone who gives up smoking. You know, oh, I'm going to give up the cigarettes. I'm going to give up smoking. I'm going to stop smoking. It's like, no, you know, that's different because it's addiction. But when it comes to alcohol, you know, as it, the point there was, we don't work to the assumption that everybody is born and going to go on to become a smoker. And yet with alcohol, it's completely different. Alcohol, it's just an expectation. Every single person in the world will probably go on to become an alcohol drinker. Non-alcohol drinkers are more rare than alcohol drinkers. Did I say that right? I think so. You know, it's when when someone offers you a drink and you say, oh, no, thanks. Or you dare, or you're brave enough to say, no, thanks, I don't drink. What? You don't drink? It's this big, massive deal. As if it's so ridiculously abnormal. That's the world that we live in. To the point where you know, giving up alcohol has to be a big deal. Isn't that ridiculous? You know, I put a post on Instagram yesterday, probably one of the most liked and interacted with posts I've ever posted. And what is it about? Just because I don't drink alcohol. Big fucking deal. But it is a big deal. That's the ridiculous part of it. We live in a world that makes a big deal out of not choosing to drink. God, now that I've said all that out loud, how ridiculously backwards is that? So, the way that I view it now is, like, it, I don't see it anymore as giving something up. I don't see it as quitting or anything like that. I have simply stopped choosing to do something because that's what it was. It was not a necessity. It wasn't essential. It wasn't something that everyone has to do. It was something that we all have the choice to do or not to do. And I have stopped choosing to do. That's the way I look at it, right? I didn't quit, didn't give up, didn't kick the booze or whatever it is people say or when they send me questions on Instagram. I just no longer choose to do something because, like I said, I went through that process 
I analysed everything and I decided that alcohol did not have a part left to play in my life. Um, going back to the, the questions I asked myself. So this came up a few times where there were some people like replying who you can tell, they, they either tell you or they they perhaps show that they're sober curious but there's something holding them back so like just to come back to those questions that I asked myself someone yeah like oh that's the the one yeah the person in the group who said about they were worried about the relationship with their partner or their husband and things it's perfectly normal to feel worried right so i i started drinking at the tender age of 13 while in france because it was legal to have wine with a meal at that age. I didn't come home and then that was it. You know, I drank when I was 13, 14, 15. But I did certainly start drinking from a young age outside. Like, I don't want to say most people, but most people around here did anyway. I don't know if going to the park and drinking at 16 years old is common. Uh, but it certainly was where I grew up. So, and yeah, I'll, after that making my own fake IDs, Falkirk College fake IDs, probably started going up the town around 16, 17, trying to get in all the pubs, occasionally managing it, and then just regular, just a regular drinker from then, going to clubbing, going to pubs, going on holidays with friends, alcohol was always a regular feature, and you know, if, at 37 years old, it had easily been a part of my life properly for 20 years. So it can be quite a big deal to turn around and say, do you know what, this thing that has been a constant companion through my life for the last 20 years, I'm not going to do it anymore. That's a big thing. And that's where the anxiety comes from, because you don't know who you are without alcohol. You perhaps don't know how to socialise without alcohol. You do not know how to spend time in the company of other people without without alcohol. Do you know what? I didn't think about this, but it's just popped into my head. When I used to go clubbing in Glasgow to the Archies, we got friendly with this crowd of people, with a few of the DJs, and we had only ever spent time in each other's company under the influence. And there was a time that we all went to Balmaha and went out for lunch. And it was such an awkward thing because, well, we obviously all got on great well under the influence, we didn't know how to get on without alcohol. And yet here we are, we'd all driven to Balmaha, went to the Oak Tree Inn to have something to eat, all sat around this big table, and it was awkward. And it's just, that just come, you know, that's a great example of how we don't know who we are without alcohol or we don't know who we are in the company of other people without alcohol. And the thing I spoke about in my post this week was my biggest epiphany. So I made that decision 365 days ago. Now, that decision does not just stop there because my life is only just beginning at, I'm 38 now, I turned 38 at the end of July. My life has only just begun, or my life without alcohol has only just begun. So it's not a case of, you know, what you when the day comes and you say, right, that's it, no more booze for me, 
that's not it. Like, it doesn't stop there. It goes on for a long time. So I'm a year later and I am still waking up on a regular basis and learning things about myself. Every single Sunday, when I take uh, Fraser out for a walk, my retriever, when we go for a walk on a Sunday, especially through the summer with like sunrises and beautiful scenery and things like that, Sunday is my day for being super reflective because I'm always up and out with him before like 6am. And it's just me and him walking around the woods, listening to the birds, nobody else is up at that time. And I think a lot about alcohol and how much I value my Sundays now. Like someone once asked me for a piece of advice around stopping drinking. And the thing I like to say is stop planning your Saturday nights and start planning your Sunday mornings. That's that's one of the, the ways that I look at it. And it's why I'm always up and out the door early on a Sunday morning because I value them so much now. Um, and and it, yeah, it's when I get I get super reflective and I'll, you'll often see me on a Sunday, uh, there'll be a picture of me and Fraser out and about and I'll have something written on it and it's usually some kind of gratitude thing where I just, I'm so grateful for the decision I made and the life that I have now as a result of it. So most Sundays I am having new thoughts, new realisations. Kirsty, uh, who runs Sober Buzz, you can follow her on Instagram. So at Sober Buzz, is it at Sober Buzz CIC? And at Kirsty underscore Skyrose Coaching. Uh, that's whose event I spoke at, the sobriety event early in the year. That's whose workbook I bought. I'll often send her a screenshot of something I have typed on my phone, like some kind of thought that I've had. So, for example, weekend before last, if you follow me on Instagram, you would have seen that I went out to climb a local hill very early on Saturday morning and it was very foggy. And, uh, you know, I put up a picture of Fraser walking through the foggy woods saying something like, not going to be much chance of a view at the top today. And just before I got to the steep incline on the 15 minute kind of climb to the top, I could see the cloud getting thinner. I broke through it and I had the sunrise and I was just on top of all these, it wasn't clouds, it was on top of fog. But honestly, I looked, I felt like I was in a plane and I had just broke through the clouds and seen the sun. And I sent Kirsty a screenshot of something I had written on my phone. What was it again? I had to get up on my Instagram there. So yeah, I, I, I typed this thing on my phone and I just have the, these little moments when I'm out and about and it's just said, you can spend all the money in the world trying to create happiness, but some of the most beautiful moments in life cost nothing and they're out there for the taking. I actually put it on a reel on my Instagram. Um, of me being up above this fog looking at the sun. It was just phenomenal. And these moments wouldn't have happened if alcohol was still a part of my life. I would have still been in my bed at that time. I would not be up and out and about and doing these things. So, yeah, Sundays are my super reflective days. Anyway, back to the big epiphany. So, I've spent the last year thinking, you, you think about it a lot. Not think about it a lot in terms of, thinking about drinking or having a drink or anything like that I just I think constantly not constantly but frequently especially weekends about what my life is like now compared to before and how much better it is like it comes up a lot in my head uh, but my biggest epiphany has been that 
I did not know. Hmm, is that true? I probably knew I was an introvert, but I didn't really, I didn't label it. I, I just thought that I was weird. I, I thought that I was socially awkward, didn't know, really know how to talk to people, how to spark conversations, how to do small talk. I bloody hate small talk. That's why I don't get taxis anywhere. I would rather walk than get a taxi. <laughs> it's that bad. And like I say, I thought that made me weird, but it turns out I was just an introvert. And for many, many, many years, without realising, I used alcohol to cure my introversion. I thought there was something wrong with me. You know, For me to be able to spend company in the time of others, I had to have a drink. When I first met my wife's friends, or like anyone that I've had to meet in the past, anything that I've had to go to, any social gathering, especially when I don't know people, I've had a drink. Because I knew that alcohol would turn me into what society tells us you're supposed to be. Fun, outgoing, socialising, talking to everyone. That's just not me. It was me when I was drunk. I was everybody's best friend when I was drunk. It was great. Yeah, give me your phone number. We'll go out for a drink sometime. You know, follow me on Instagram. Add me on Facebook. Blah, blah, blah. Creating all these false connections with people. Like I said, you know, before when I used to go out clubbing. Creating all these false connections with people who you struggle to be normal with without alcohol. Um, so that was my, that's been my biggest epiphany. I have realised that I am an introvert, that I'm not weird, that it's perfectly fine to be like that, that you don't have to use alcohol to try and be someone you're not. And that's, that's one of those things that people find scary. It's, well, you know, what's this going to be like if I don't drink? What's, what's that going to be like if I don't drink? How am I going to do this if I don't have a drink? I'm having to learn all that. I'm having to discover all that. I said this in the other episode that I did about this topic where soon after I decided to give up, I think it was just a month later, someone from our, I say our circle of friends, it's by extension, it's through my wife, it's her circle of friends of which they are my friends now since we're married. Um, It was, there's a, it's a kind of circle of 40th birthdays happening over a short time span because everyone's a similar age. We went to Liverpool for a 40th and this was very soon after I had stopped drinking. It was in November actually, so I gave, I, yeah, I, 12th of September and it was sometime in November because I was doing Movember meditations with Cam. So yeah, it was just in November, so a month and a bit later, a bus trip all the way from here, from Falkirk, Denny, Scotland, uh, to Liverpool. Now you know what these kind of minibus trips are like when you're going away for something like that 40th birthday stag do hen do etc the bus trip down is always the fun one the one on the way back is not so much fun however when you don't drink both of them were fine the one back was better because everyone was quieter <laughs> but I had to go through that and that very that was that was a great situation for me to be in very early on because it gave me an opportunity to learn how to be me around other people. You know, we were sharing a flat. We were all sleeping in the same bedroom. It was almost like a dormitory. It had one, two, three, four, five big double beds in this one room. It was like a big brother flat. So it was very cosy and I had no choice but to learn how to socialise. And it was the first time I'd been out. We got down there at whatever time, changed quickly, back out, couple of pubs, nightclubs, home again, 
then the next again day was like an all day thing. We went out for a bottomless brunch. Then we went to some, oh, it was like something called the Botanist, you know, like a fancy cocktail place where they do all the smoke and all that stuff. The dry ice and everything. It was cool, but they had plenty of alcohol free options. So it was great. And I ended up having a great time. Uh, and that was just one of many occasions I've had since where I've been put into a situation like that and had to learn how to be myself. Do you know, I met, so my friend Sam, he, you might not know this guy, so there's a, a Scouse comedian guy, he's on Instagram, Paul is the Joker, Paul Smith is his name. My friend Sam is his nutritionist. And he played Edinburgh. Sam asked me if I wanted to go. He's got tickets. Double date type thing. Me and him and his wife. Me and my wife. So we did. What he didn't tell us was that he was going to be sneaking us in the back door. Um, You know, we went in his back door. I thought that was just the way we were going in because we didn't have tickets for the front door. We were getting in a different way. Two seconds later, here we are in this Paul Smith's dressing room with him, his wife and his two dogs. Now... Obviously, I don't drink. I had not been drinking. Everyone else had, so they were all happy and friendly. And here's me with this famous guy who had pissed myself laughing at watching on Instagram. Uh, <laughs> being a massively awkward introvert, what did I do? Just played with the dogs. Crouched down, played with the two dogs, spoke to his wife more than I spoke to him. Uh, had I had a drink in me, I would have probably made a tit of myself. Um... But it's good to be through, it's good to go, I mean that was a one-off and a one -off thing, but it's good to go through moments like this so that you can learn who you are, you know, not shield yourself behind alcohol. Oh, this is fine, this will make me a chatty person, this will make me normal, this will make me easier to talk to, this will make this person like me more. Fuck that. I realise now how stupid that was. Um, and... I don't regret the years that I've drank because I've had some fucking great times with friends, especially in the Archies, especially on holidays. But I do regret the reasons that I used alcohol. I regret depri depriving myself of finding out who I really am and understanding myself more. And I regret the years that I wasted trying to cover up who I was and not be who I was supposed to be because I didn't think... Want you know? I didn't think preferring your own company was normal. I didn't think that you know enjoying your own company. Want like I do everything myself. You know, I've got a friend, Hoggy, who when we and he's still my friend today and has been since I was seventeen, so twenty years. Um, he he could not do anything on his own when we were younger. He used to call me all the time. Do you want to go to the shops? Do you want to go here? Do you want to go there? I'm going here. I'm going to the fish shop going up to, going to whatever clothes shop, like, he had to go somewhere, he could not go anywhere on his own, had to go somewhere with someone all the time, and then me at the opposite end of the scale, do everything by myself, I hate being dependent on anyone, I hate anyone, have, you know, I hate having to make plans that are around other people, when I talk about going up hills at the weekend, I go myself, when I go out with a dog, I go myself, I do plenty of stuff with my kids, that's different, that's not social stuff, I don't, not take my kids anywhere but when it comes to doing things that people would traditionally do with other people like I would take myself out for dinner I would take myself to a coffee shop take myself to the shops and I spent too many years thinking that was weird and that makes me a bit sad but I don't 
I don't regret everything related to alcohol, but I regret missing out on fully, properly learning who I am and who I was supposed to be. Anyway, that's, that's enough rambling from me. I've told you the most important point. Um, don't Please don't take this as me telling anyone. I know it's not sounded like that. This isn't me telling anyone to, to stop drinking. Uh, but for those of you that do, you, you, if you've made it to this point, you've, you're obviously interested in it. You're obviously sober curious. The best advice I can give you is that you have to have the right reasons for wanting to do this. People send me, if I ever talk about this on Instagram, people send me messages asking various things. Some will answer, some won't. Someone recently sent one and it was like a very common one where it was, hi there, do you mind if I, along these lines, don't take it word for word, but do you mind if I ask why you gave up? I've been thinking about it for a while and I'm just wondering what your reasons were. Those type of questions, I don't answer because... If you're thinking of giving alcohol up, then what the fuck does it matter why I did it? That's irrelevant. You know, you you shouldn't be giving up for my reasons. Just like I shouldn't stop drinking alcohol for your reasons. Oh, you have a terrible time with alcohol. Fuck, I have to stop as well. Sounds stupid when you say it like that. It has to be something that you want to do for your own reasons. Now, remember, I did not set out initially with the intention of stopping drinking. I set out with the intention of creating a better life of thinking about the future, of being 37 years old and wanting to know, well, do you know what? I've kind of pissed around for most of my life so far. How do I want the next 10, 20 years to look? And what's going to play a part in that and what isn't? That's how I did it. So I think setting out and saying, I'm not going to drink anymore, I don't think that works. I think that's very similar to people who have weight loss as a goal, right? Weight loss is a horrendous goal to have. What's your goal? Weight loss. Woohoo. Does not inspire much, does it? Everybody wants to lose weight. Even people that don't need to lose weight want to lose weight. If you're going to lose weight, you have to do it for proper reasons. What will weight loss lead to? What will it help you achieve? What will it facilitate? What what sort of life lies on the other side of this weight loss? That's your reason for doing it, not I just want to lose weight. And I guess I feel like that's the same with alcohol. Like, what's your goal? Oh, I'm going to stop drinking. Mm, it's not really a great way to approach it. Have a clear vision of how you want life to look, then ask the question, is alcohol going to help me get there or is it going to hold me back? Then it becomes a byproduct of something else you're trying to achieve rather than I am just going to try and make myself stop doing this thing. So yeah, don't don't do it for other people's reasons. You can certainly be inspired by other people's stories. You can look at other people's lives and think, God, Look at the changes that person's made or look at the improvements that person's had. Like stories can inspire you and motivate you and all the rest of it. But when it comes to actually following through on the thing, someone else's story shouldn't be your reason for doing it. You should have taken the time to understand why you are doing it, what you're doing it for, what it's going to help you achieve, how's it going to improve things. Have bomb-proof reasons for doing it because I think that's why this has been so effortless for me. Because I did not set out with the, the that intention of I am going to stop drinking. I set out with the intention of creating something else. And the removal of alcohol just became a bonus byproduct of that.
but if you are not quite ready or not quite sure or whatever it is, you don't need to jump in head first and give up alcohol. My my advice would be explore your relationship with alcohol. And I would really recommend going to Kirsty's Instagram. So Kirsty underscore Skyrose Coaching. I'm sure that's what it is. Or even if you just search Skyrose Coaching. I've tagged her on my post on Instagram. If you go look for the one of me holding the whiteboard, you'll see her tagged at the bottom of that. Get her workbook. Work through that for 30 days. Answer the questions. Explore your relationship. Once you understand your relationship with alcohol, which for most people is going to be pretty poor, it makes it all the easier to then take the next step. And the next step, again, might not be giving up for the rest of your life. It could be stopping for a month. It could be stopping for six months. It could be trialing it and saying, you know what, let's remove this for the next six months and let's see if I can learn how to live without it. For the next six months, my plans are not going to be orientated around alcohol. They're going to be orientated around other things. That gives you a chance to get used to it. That lets your friends and your social social yeah, I did say that. Social circle a chance to get used to it. It gives you a chance to get through that awkwardness and that horribleness of people saying, Oh, you don't drink. I've not really experienced that yet. I'm fortunate to be an introvert who does not surround themselves with many people, so I don't get many questions about it. And close friends, well, I don't have my close friends aren't assholes who try to make you do things that you don't do. But there are many people who are like that. And it, I can imagine it would be difficult for many people, especially if, you know, drinking plays a big part in your life and those around you. But just that kind of te- temporary removal can give everyone, including you, a chance to get used to it. So that, you know, th- let's say if you don't do it for six months, you get to the end of the six months, then the natural progression from that would just to keep carrying on as per normal. It, it wouldn't be this weird thing then rather you know rather than going in head first and saying i am never going to drink ever again and everyone making a big deal about it anyway enough from me i hope this has been helpful if you've if you want to ask anything or talk about anything don't ask me what my reasons for giving up were but if you want to chat about anything else related to this send me a dm drop me a dm on instagram i am more than happy to chat about it but i will not give you reasons for you <laughs> for you to give up. Until next time.